Hello, it's uh, it's uh, welcome to the show. It's been it's been a little it's been a minute since we since we spoke. A lot has happened. For instance, uh, Justice Scalia has uh, has died. Uh, uh, he died died doing what he loved, uh, making a mockery of the system. And uh, uh, and Chris Christie has dropped out of the presidential race, and then in a stunning uh, turn of uh, bald faced political hypocrisy, has endorsed you know the whole thing. So, but we're we're actually going to discuss none of that. I had lots that I wanted to say, but I'm just going to let it all ride for a week because what I have for you is a really nice interview that I did with uh, my old friend Greg Cagno, who came over to the Permanent Records uh, a headquarters podcast studio. And actually, he brought uh, he he brought some beer, which is which was which was nice. So we had a couple of drinks, and we talked, and we had a really good time. And uh, uh, and I hope you. Will. So I'm just going to get right to it because we had a really nice talk, and I want you to enjoy it as much as I did, or half as much. Don't enjoy it as much as I did. That that would be just weird. Um, but it's anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, rhymes against humanity with my guest and good friend Greg Cagno. <laughs> Welcome to Rhymes Against Humanity. I am Adam Brodsky, and uh, it's my show, so welcome to it. And welcome to Greg Cagno, who is dropped by here from East Falls, where he uh, where he lives in Philadelphia now. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves because we gotta we can't leave out the New Jersey part of the story, which of course uh, is the most important part. Uh, Chris Christie found out, it turns out. Um, so we got to talk about a lot of things, but we're going to talk to Greg, and we're going to hear some songs, and uh, uh, what we're really going to start, we're just going to jump in the middle, because he was about to tell me, hey, first of all, I should tell you that uh, Greg Cagno is a, is a perfect guest to have uh, for a podcast, because he is everything I am not. He is tall and has a beautiful head of hair, so we got that covered in the studio for once. Um, so uh, so he was about to tell me his Bob Dylan story, and where I stopped him was where he said, oh, I wish I hadn't gone, because <laughs> this is the Bob Dylan feeling we have all been getting the past few years. So, when was the last time you saw Mr. Zimmerman? Uh, I saw Bobby D at the uh, right before they closed the Spectrum. I oh think, wow! Right was the last show I saw, and uh, a friend uh, I had just met a, a friend who said I, I got these tickets for Bob. Would you like to go? And I said, Of course, I'd like to go see Bob. You know? Right. So you, you went for free. I went for free. Okay. I mean, geez. Yeah. So, uh, um, and the but the last show I had seen of Bob was at the. Um, um, Waterloo Village. Do you know that no. venue up in Jersey somewhere by like Hackettstown, Bud Lake, somewhere in the nebulous like northern central region. I know that area. I don't know the venue. And uh, they used to do great. I'm sure they still do. Although maybe they stopped. Anyway, they they, they did all these great summer shows outdoors, yeah. and that's what it was. They had they had fish there, and all the fish heads came in, and then that that ruined it for everybody. Right? <laughs> but anyhow, I had seen uh, I had seen uh, Dylan. Uh, splitting the bill with Phil Lesh and friends. Oh, okay, yeah, I, was, I saw that tour as well. Okay, so this is. I about... saw. I saw that at the Spectrum. Oh, nice. Okay, so, so this, is, this is probably around ninety nine. Sounds right. Yeah, somewhere in there, and uh, and it was just a great show. I mean, it was just like his band was just solid, and Bob was on on his game. And I, yes, I, and like you know, I always go in expecting nothing, and like I was I was in awe. I was loving it, and. Uh, so I had that in my head, and when my buddy said I got these Bob tickets, and and I knew the Spectrum was on its way out, I'm like, I should go. It's, I mean, a, it's Bob, b, it's free, and c, the Spectrum is closing. Right. I'm All that's not, not going to say no, you know. Right. What kind of dick are you? But, no, uh, I'm too cool for that. But then Bob, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a keyboard night for Bob, oh. and uh, and I don't 
I mean, thankfully, someone had the sense to keep Bob pretty low in the mix <laughs> with, the, with the keyboard. But and it might have just you know I I, I was constantly trying to, to to you know give it the benefit of the doubt and say maybe it's just where I'm sitting. I can't really hear anything, you know. But it was just you know I just like it kind of. It, I didn't let it ruin that memory from Waterloo. Right? So right. I'm, I'm staying with the Waterloo memory. So how many times total have you seen him? Seen Bob? Uh, maybe about four. Four. I saw him open for the dead the first time. Okay, now that was, everybody knows that was awful. Yeah, I saw that show. But that was my first time seeing Bob. So okay, I was sure. just like so happy to be And where there. was that? Um, so I saw him at JFK here. It was a stadium show. I want to yeah. say it was like Giant Stadium. So okay, yeah, something like day. that. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I think Waterloo was just so nice because, like, the sound was right that you could actually hear as much of, <laughs> as much as he wanted you to, <laughs> what he was saying, you know? Uh, so, anyway. Yeah, when Bob doesn't feel like putting on a show, but still wants to put on a show. But, you know, you just, you just can't, you, you keep going back for more. You I've know? quit. I've quit. Last time I saw him, he set his band up to lose. He put his band, like, pretty much behind their own amps, and they were way upstage, yeah. and so they couldn't communicate with him, and the lighting, it was the whole stage was lit by, like, a 40-watt light, Yeah, and he... I mean, I, I, I have stopped the yeah. live thing. That I have that I have, I have signed off on. Yes. I say, you keep on going back for more, because, like, there's just so much there, and, like, you, as, the, the more you dig in, the more you find, and it's just like, I don't know, I've been listening to, I'm sure... You're listening to Bob for 20 years, you still haven't heard everything. You know, it's just like, how, how is that possible? It's just like, I hear another song, I'm like, oh, I've never heard this before. What's really cool to me is, like, I'll listen to songs uh, uh, that I listened to when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I'll get them as a as a right. middle-aged dude right. in ways I didn't understand. You know, and he was yeah. 28 when he was writing. It was like, how did he know... Yeah. The, 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 the diplomat is not really where it's at. No, I get that now. The chrome <laughs> horse, no. I, I get it from the other side now. Yeah. So... Matter of fact, I watched, uh, um, and this has nothing to do with Bob, but I watched maybe a year ago, Reality Bites was on TV, and I was flipping through, and I started watching Reality Bites, and you should watch that show uh, on either, like, I watched, you watch that movie before you have a mortgage and after you have a mortgage, and it's, it's really two different movies. <laughs> it's just like, because like, I was just like, yeah, Ethan Hawke, I want to be like that guy. It's like, what a fucking dick. Right, right. <laughs> she deserves better than him. Wow, yeah. This is, I have to say, even even before we go any further, it's nice to talk to somebody with the same references. <laughs> yeah, that's the trouble. You date too many young girls, you have to explain who Fonzie is. <laughs> uh, you understand. Which brings us to the Smithsonian. Okay. I um, Now, the first time I became aware of you was, uh, was I wasn't even playing guitar yet. I was in college, and my sister uh, bought me a subscription to the Fast Folk... Um, record that would come out, you know, it was supposed to come out every six weeks, but it came out, That's you know, once every six months. Musical magazine, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I love that whole idea. They sent me this this folk music, and I would see these, I'd see these people, you know, Suzanne Vega was, uh, and, and Jack Hardy and all those guys, sure, right? Sure, sure. And then you were one of them. Um, uh, I, and I had, I had, I think I might have even, you know, in my zealot phase, gone back and like repurchased all the records that from before I subscribed and everything. And then I, when I got rid of all my vinyl, I, 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 they just all went. Right, like, that's that's worth saying. It came out on vinyl. Yeah, that's it, right. It was like a subscription of a, of a magazine and vinyl. That yeah, was like, they'd send know. out. With the, yeah, the magazine, <laughs> and they'd send out the vinyl record, and uh, and it was and it was really a zine. It was like you know stapled together. Right, yeah, if I remember, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Xerox right. machine, and yeah, it was really low budget at the time for sure. So so mm-hmm. now you were you grew up in you grew up in Clinton, New Jersey. I did. Okay, yes. so New York City was your city, not Philadelphia. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably because my my family came out of Brooklyn, so I knew New oh, York. Okay. Yeah. I I don't think I really knew Philly until I was 
late high school. But that's know. still you're clearly North Jersey. You, you would grow up. You would be a Giants well, or a Jets fan. Well, Clinton was Clinton is kind of Central West, so I'm really closer to Philly. You know. But but I I just sort of think <clears> like when I get that far, when I see that sign for 22 to Clinton, I'm just like okay, I'm, I'm clearly going to New York. I'm not going yeah, to, to yeah, anywhere in New just Jersey. That east or, West straight shot. Yeah. You know? But uh, Giants or Jets fan, I I can't say I was ever, ever really a football guy. So oh really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I did I did I would associate with the New York. I mean, I was a Yankee fan, and I, I well, y- Yankees over the Mets. Yes, yeah, just because my your dad? my no my uh, my uncle who was a, a New York cab driver. Okay. Uh, Used to take me to, to see the Yankees back okay. in the in the se- or mid seventies. Oh, yeah. so that was when they were really really good. One of the one of the oh yeah super periods. Right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. I good. Mean, I, I probably seventy six. Yeah, I think I saw my first game in seventy six. So, All right, yeah. my first uh, Phillies game was in seventy five. And uh, I can still name the starting nine. Oh, me too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Oh, great. What absolutely. was the starting nine for the Yankees? Starting that day? nine. Okay, that day. Okay, I believe uh, Ron Guidry was on the mound. Thurman Munson behind the plate. Chris Chambliss first. Uh, Willie Randolph second. I Bucky Dent was the shortstop. Nice. Greg Nettles third. Uh, left field. I'm gonna go Lou Pinella. Mickey Rivers center field right. and. Roy White in right. Him I don't know. That's the only one I, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think he was even pre-Reggie. All right. Reggie was Reggie was after Roy White. Yeah, because Reggie won the World Series with them in like 78, 70, 79. 77, so Reggie might have been an Oriole then. If not Is that where a. he came from? The I don't A's even know and then the Orioles yeah. and yeah. <laughs> All right, give me the starting nine of the, of the Phillies. Uh, the Phillies, uh, um, the game I went to... Uh, it was Steve Carlton was pitching, which means that Tim McCarver was his personal catcher, so it wasn't Bob Boone behind the plate. I did plate. not know that. Yeah, first base was, it was 75, so it was uh, Dick Allen. You know, Richie Allen uh, was it was his second, his time back. Okay. So right before he retired. So Dick Allen on first base, Dave Cash on second base, who I had a, um, a signature Dave Cash baseball glove, even though I'm left-handed. I had a, a Dave uh, Cash baseball glove. I just learned that last night on the, on the podcast. <laughs> ah. Go on. Uh, shortstop was Larry Bow, of course, Mike Schmidt. And then the outfield was Greg Luzinski and left. Gary Maddox in center, who became my favorite Philly because my dad that day at that game told me that that was his favorite Philly. So that's how that goes. Very and cool. then in right field was Jay Johnstone, the flake. And then, uh, um, yeah, so like, uh, uh, and, and uh, Ralph Kiner, who's a longtime Mets uh, announcer, used to say about Gary Maddox, two-thirds of the earth is covered by water. The rest is covered by Gary Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> so... Very yeah, nice. so that that was that was the, that was my starting nine at the vet. I don't know whether they won the game or not, but 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 I do remember the starting nine. That's funny. Yeah. Now now, honestly, last night before I was as I was drifting off to sleep, I'm, I, and you, you think about things, just okay. you wonder you wonder some things, and I don't think about the Phillies much. But honestly, last night I I, I thought. I wonder what Mike Schmidt's up to now. Is he still is he still alive? Yeah, Mike goes to uh, spring training. He, you know, right now he's in his element because he gets to walk around with the kids and uh-huh. say, I'm Mike Schmidt. Um, and now Mike Schmidt, as of last year, was doing uh, color only on Sunday home games. So, you know, he'd come in, he'd talk, uh, you know, on, on the radio and do the, do the color commentary and tell some old stories. And then he's, he's got a sweet gig, but he goes down to spring training. I don't know if he still gets in the uniform. But yeah, but Mike's he's all gray now, but he's, but he's still got that, that trademark stash. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Good, good for him. I'm not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not endearing myself to Philadelphia fans right I never now. liked Mike Schmidt, you know. I, I, he, he, he struck out all the friggin' time. I didn't like his damn <laughs> attitude. And, and I, I, I grew up watching Mike Schmidt, so I just I didn't realize that, well, okay, maybe he's 
arguably the best third baseman ever. I I just was like, oh, okay, if he plays third, third, that's how everybody I've ever watched has always played third base. Right, so, right. So I'm sort of coming around on the fact that he was kind of spectacular, but right. but I just didn't like him. I yeah. was I was uh, like I said, Gary Maddox. But then I switched my my allegiance. I, I liked. Uh, Lonnie Smith, when they won the World Series in 1980, Lonnie Smith, who was high on coke like the whole time, uh, but Lonnie Smith, I used to like him because he fell a lot. They called him skates because he would fall <laughs> tripping from first to second, and he was my favorite Philly for a while. So now, do you uh, you uh, you play righty? That's that's why I, yes. I, I was surprised to learn that last night. Yeah, because you make a decision when you walk into the guitar store for the very first time. Uh, do you want to spend an extra sixty-eight dollars on a guitar that you uh-huh. may or may not quit before you learn how to play? Uh-huh. And I'm pretty pleased with my decision because either way, I wasn't going to be Ingve uh, uh, Malmsteen either way. <laughs> you know, I'm playing folk music here. Right. And now I can borrow anybody's guitar Smart. when I go into a club. Right. So, so it's a decision that I made, frankly, because the guitar I bought, it's downstairs, my Aunt Terry's, my first guitar in 1990, um, was $90. And it was $168 for the cheapest left-handed guitar they had in the shop. Ah, very good. So very that's good. a decision I made. Now, I happen to know... Uh, one of you know, one of my faves, Michael Hedges, is also the same way. A left, really, a lefty who played righty. See, now that's different because that guy can play. <laughs> I, I also happen to remember very, very distinctly. Uh, uh, I hired you to play at Maxwell's in the late 1900s, and, yes. And uh, I remember you saying it was shortly after oh, Michael yeah. had left us, and and uh, it, it was still raw. And I remember you saying, "I'm better than him now." I am. I am. <laughs> and my yeah. buddy Bill was there, and he's like. Laughing his ass off, I'm like, "Hey, too soon, too soon." <laughs> yeah, that was that was what I said. Who's dead in a ditch now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Michael. I cannot wait them all. So <laughs> it's a, attrition, really. It really the is. Folk music is attrition. Els <laughs> Paul once said that to me. He's like, and this is like 15 years ago. He's like, "You're one of the old guys now." I'm like, "What? <laughs> Shut up." In uh, 2010, uh, I finally got to play the Philadelphia Folk Festival, oh, nice. which was a you know giant bucket list thing. It was a super honor. I was I was pleased. And somebody said to me, "You realize right now uh, because you're playing the Folk Festival, there's a young kid out on a hill on, on that hill looking at you, going, oh, I could totally do that better.' <laughs> What's that old guy doing up there? That's funny. That's funny. Some kid came up to me at a at an open mic somewhere. When I moved to Philly, I went down to the. Uh, uh, World Cafe Live, and he and he and he said something like, "You know, I saw you a million years ago at a at a uh, first night, and you know wherever." And uh, and and I was like, he meant it as a compliment. Right, yeah. And I was like, "Fuck you, <laughs> thank you, fuck you." Yeah, you Go know, away. I've learned I've learned to embrace that. You know, where they're like, you know, my my mom used to love your CDs. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but I mean, really, it's like you know, it is. I I I. I sensed how he meant it. Yes. It was just how it came across. It was... oh, one of my favorites was uh, 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 these stupid friggin' millennials, right? So, so there's a kid where at a campfire, and he's like, man, I really love your record. My friend burned it for me. I'm like, I'm standing right here. <laughs> <laughs> my friend burned me a copy. I'm like, yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, 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 I am going to tell my folk remedy story before. Oh, yeah, I, sure. Because I, I, did, I do. I, I've told you this in person, or, or uh, I think you saw it somewhere, but the... Uh, I was buying. We were buying a used car for my wife, and, yes. and when we when we drove it home, uh, you know, I, I, as I was actually we were test driving, and I turned on the CD player to make sure everything was in working order. And there's there's Adam Brodsky's folk remedy blasting out at me, and I'm like, <laughs> sold, I'm done, 
Done and done. They've been trying to get rid of that car for three years. They finally <laughs> found somebody. It's a very narrow vent, somebody that, won't, that can afford a car and likes my record. The, the other great part of that story was was the you know I, I, a very nice girl uh, in who and wherever she was somewhere up north of Doylestown, uh, and uh, I asked her for maintenance records for the for the vehicle <laughs> that she'd collected, and and she she. <laughs> Brought me out a stack of what she... He's like, oh, here's all I got. And it was like two oil changes and a bill from her gynecologist. It was just, you know... I mean, it was just... <laughs> I'm like, there's... <laughs> That's amazing. I'm like, well, there you go. The car has had its pap smear. It's good. It doesn't have HPV. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so you okay. are in Clinton. I was I was I born and raised in Clinton, the fine town to grow up in. Okay, really. now did your folks play music? No, my folks did not. Um, I it skipped a generation. My my grandfather uh, was one of seven brothers. No, no, no. I'm I'm going too far. Not far enough. My okay. great grandfather was one of seven brothers. The, they were all six of the brothers were in a band, and my great grandfather came to America. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> But but he from was, from Italy from Italy from uh, they they lived uh, southern Italy Foggia, southern uh, east coast of Italy, kind of on the same like uh, latitude of uh, of Naples, kind of right okay. across there. All right, and uh, and my grandfa- grandfather on my dad's side was was uh, you know I had a great ear and was a, a piano player like like you and I were speaking of you know yeah a banger a banger but like. He could pick out stuff by ear, and I, and, and I immediately picked up on that. Like, oh, he doesn't know how to play that. He's just figuring out as he goes. Right. You know? And 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 then I kind of realized I had I could do that too. And I, I you know I didn't think that was anything special. So was there a piano in the house? In my grandfather grandparents' house. And yeah. did they live close by in Clinton? Or? No, they lived in Brooklyn. Okay. They were Bay Ridge Bay Ridge people. Okay. And uh, actually, both my grandparents were Bay Ridge. My my parents actually grew up like. You know, six blocks from each other, and uh, you know, really like you know, small town Brooklyn. You nice. Know? So, and uh, before Lena Dunham. Before Lena Dunham, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to Brooklyn on on Saturday, and uh, which is for artisan a, pickles. Another story. Uh, I'm going for I'm going my 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 buddy Stewart is turning fifty. Oh, nice. And so. Uh, it's nice that friends are older than you. Yes, yes, and he's he's actually a great friend of mine. He, uh, he, he. Uh, we've stayed in touch loosely over the years, and it's, you know, just some someone like you, you know, it's like, hey, it's 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 good to have friends that are that are clearly smarter than you. It's just like you you. What do they say? If, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've always got along. We're both uh, big Beatles okay fans, and and we met at a at a. I don't know why I'm telling this story. It's probably because I had all that coffee. But Good, bring it. Yeah, we we met at a a, a, um, a work party for our girlfriends at the time. Oh yes, yeah, so you're the weird guy in the corner just trying to, and you can't do what you want to do because she's got to go to work Monday. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so and so tie. we met and uh, and you know started talking and I was like, thank God, I got somebody talking Beatles with and drink beer. There we go. And uh, and then when when my girlfriend and I ceased to exist as a as a unit uh this guy actually reached out to me and said you know me and my girlfriend were weren't really that close with your girlfriend and we kind of like you <laughs> nice you won the you won the the, the couple in the, in the divorce i love that 
So you know, we stayed in touch. That's and, pretty and, good. Yeah, and he's a you know, real nice guy. And anyway, yeah. And we uh, we uh, like I said, we stay in touch loosely. And, and he's a writer. He's a great. Uh, he does a lot of freelance work for. And does great, you know. He's written, uh, interviewed like friggin' Roger Daltrey and all these guys, all these oh nice big rockers for. So he does like freelance stuff for like Newsweek and, and New York Times, and oh, has sweet. a nice little career together. And, and he's and he's got he's put a few books of his own out about about. Uh, he has a great one about the islands of New York. He has a great baseball book you'd probably enjoy. What's his name? Stuart Miller. Stuart Miller. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen out there, go check out Stuart Miller's books, especially the one about baseball that I might enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> This is fun. Thank you. Yes. Uh, no, that's good. Then, and you can be like, uh, next time he's like, hey, I sold I sold another book. Be like, I know how that happened. <laughs> it's all about the PR. Baby. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> well, uh, you should play us a song now. Okay. So, um, play us, just play a song, whatever the hell yes. you want to play. Yes. Okay. Well, this On is... On your Schmancy D35. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just rocking a 16 here. Yours is twice as good, more than twice as good as mine. I, uh, I've had this guitar about... Well, I bought this at the at the turn of the century, I believe. Okay. Actually, fuck it. I'll tell you the story. Yeah, please. Um, my buddy John calls me up and says, "Hey, Cagno, uh, uh, why don't you why don't you come over? I've got your new guitar over here." And I said, "I I'm not looking for a guitar." <laughs> and he says, "Well, why don't you come over and?" What were you playing at the time? I was playing my um, Yari Alvarez Yari, which I which is I nice. still have and love. And I actually have two of them now. I bought one for my wife, and then I stole it. Nice. And, uh, is that the one with the uh, uh, with, with the yeah the one with the dual uh, pick guards, the Ani DeFranco deal? No, okay. no. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. And uh, yeah, Yaris are solid guitars. I mean, I, yeah. you know, it's like a you know in the eight, in the eight hundred range, you're not going to really find a better guitar for for blah blah blah. Yeah, and I had I had I had one for a while. I had a 12, oh, did you? Twelve string. Oh, cool. Which I, I listen. My day is too. My time is too important to tune a twelve string guitar. <laughs> so I sold it and kept the case. That's an investment. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have that kind of time. Yeah. I, so I decided I'd just rather play out of tune, and people didn't like that at all. <laughs> so twelve strings are about six too many for me. Yeah, seven it's, or eight it's, actually. It's yeah, it's a project. It really is. even with a tuner, man, that takes you all day. Yeah. I, I I mean, I have an old Sigma twelve string that I bought on a uh, in high school from a guy who was was in some trouble. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it worked out well for me, but um, yeah, I you know just I take it out sometimes to record some stuff at home with, and, and then I'm just like I just can't even do this. It right. takes forever. So your friend calls and says, "Come on over, I got your guitar." And he, and so uh, I said, "I'm not looking," and I go over there, and he says, "You know, I he uh, he worked he was doing some work with Dick Boke at Martin." Okay. And uh, who uh, at the time, and I'm sure is still involved in some fashion there, but he was like, you know, one of the head luthiers over there. And uh, he was working, my friend was working as a liaison between Sting and Martin to design the Sting model. Okay. And uh, my friend John Kurgan is the guy's name, who, who used to run Hungry Goat Studios up in Ringwood, New Jersey. Okay. And now he's in the, in the great state of Maine. Um, that is a great state. So he's the only state in the nation that don't touch only touches one other state. That's very nice. Yeah. I like that. It's almost completely segregated. <laughs> so John, anyhow, so John was working on this deal with Dick, and and, the, and this guitar was on the wall, you know, in, in Dick's office, and and Dick says, you know, are you are you interested in that? Because it's just been sitting there, and because it's got this. 
Because it's got this blemish right here. Oh no! God <laughs> forbid a blemish on the back by the by the e-string machine. That's a blemish head. that I would have created myself. Uh, right, I, I've, I've created at least, at least three of them since. But so anyhow, so I got it. I really got it for a song. Good and, for you. And, That's and great. It was, it was really a, a, a gift of, you know, as because I I use I usually use two guitars when I play, and uh, well, you're like Joni Mitchell with the tunings. I I aspire. Except you write melodies. <laughs> Not fair. Not fair. People love Joni. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so it was really nice to, Good. of him to think of me with that. Because yeah. I mean, he he certainly could have kept it for himself and sold it for twice what he bought it for. And uh, he just said, "Dude, you you know you need it. You need a better guitar." What are those condoms on your pegs? They you know they they made the Martin used only made these for a few years. Used these. I I think they're. Uh, uh, I can't remember who makes these machine heads. I want to say Schaller, but I'm that's probably wrong. It, they're just like locking. Locking, okay. String fangs like th- there's this little thing pushes down and locks the string in there, which you really don't need because no, you they, don't. they never slip. Okay, yeah, no, that's but it's you know a it's a nice problem. kind of design. I took some pictures. We'll put it in the in the show notes. Absolutely, people, no one will. Good, a good story there. I'm just going to keep talking yeah, about sure. stories that come to mind because caffeine. Um, I I lost one of these. One night I come home from a gig and I realize one of them's missing. Right, and like as useless as they are, you know. It's like having a, a missing tooth. Ten you know? of five, yeah. So, so I go online, and that's when I discovered that Martin only only put these on guitars for like two years, <laughs> and I was like, oh great. And you know, I go on like the, uh, I go on the Martin. You know, I, I go through all the websites, I, I user groups, and I'm like, I'm looking for, I need one of these. Anyone got one? You know, <laughs> and I write to, I can't, I can't remember who made the machine heads. Uh, Sh- Shall- who knows? I don't know. And. Uh, Anyhow, so so a guy a guy finally writes me back and, okay. and and he says, "Dude, you're in luck. I I have I used to have those on my guitar and I and I took them off and I I have all six of them somewhere." Ooh. And uh he's like, yeah, "They're yours if I can find them." Whoa. And I'm like, "God bless you." You know, and uh and then he writes back like 3 days later and he goes, "Ah, fuck, I can't find them." Ah, oh, so and I'm like, but then Three months or so later, he writes back again and says, "Spring cleaning, you're in luck. They turned up. Uh, I'm sending them your way. Didn't didn't even ask for any money. Look at that. So I I, I sent him, you know, I sent him some strings and one of my couple of my CDs or whatever, and said, you know, thank you so nice, much. Nice, yeah. Sir. So so there's my story. Awesome. That's pretty cool. So. All right, so play that D35. Play D35. Song. This, we're gonna do the grandfather song because because yeah. we were talking about him in Brooklyn and uh, there you go. That's sure. all I need to know. Met back in Brooklyn in 1969, but Nona on the Kanye side came from another time. Born there 1917, the middle son of three, first of his generation in the new country. There were seven all together, filling up the house, small railroad apartment with homemade pasta strung around. Became a metal worker, bringing home an honest wage. But music lived inside of him and came out on the days Spent in the alley with his garsh of Vegas Whistling in his folding chair With 
The birds out on the trees, they'd be trading melodies And blowing off the graves in bay, there was always a cool breeze And that's how I remember him On Bay 11th Street It was 23rd and 4th where he met his future bride In a candy store in South Slope while the dogs waited outside Took her down to Coney Island on a Nathan's date Quickly married her at 18, her shoe broken on the way And in 1941 with their firstborn coming soon Uncle Sam sent him a letter saying I want you And the day before he had to go they told him he could stay so they brought up four sons fishing by the Belt Parkway And in the alley with his gosh of Vegas Whistling in his folding chair With the birds out on the trees he'd be trading melodies Blowing off graves and bay there was always a cool breeze And that's how I remember him on Bay 11th Street Four sons had eight others, not a girl among the crew. He taught some geometry and others to play pool. And he taught me piano as I watched him play by ear. Bing Crosby, Willie Nelson, or whatever you'd want to hear. He had a giggle like a jester when he'd get you going. Drove a bright orange Ford Maverick by the time I'd got to know him. Weren't ready when he left, but I bet you never are. And I think of him each time I smell a cheap cigar Out in the alley with his gosh of Vegas Whistling in his folding chair With the birds out on the trees he'd be trading melodies And blowing off the graves and bay there was always a cool breeze And that's how I remember him on Bay 11th Street called that's called no no lorenzo no no lorenzo no no lorenzo and uh, give me that line uh, about the, the the verse about the, the ford maverick that that's that's really great uh um um the part where it wasn't yeah, ready yeah, to go I, yeah. <laughs> I know I, I, you, you gotta start the whole song from the beginning a b c d <laughs> he had a giggle like a jester when he'd get you going he drove a bright orange Ford Maverick by the time I got to know him. That's good. And, uh, and keep going with the part about where uh, he dies. We, we weren't ready when he left, but I bet you never are. That's it. And I think of him each time I smell a cheap cigar. That Those are a couple of great couplets right there. Thank that's, you. That's four great lines. Thank that's you, brother. Great. The, uh, the giggle like a jester thing, I have to tell you the story. <laughs> yeah. When uh, I had I was staying with my grandparents for a few days, my parents were going away somewhere, and, and, and one I had one brother, and my brother spent the time with my, my mom's mom, and... I spent the time with my my grandfather and 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 my grand my father's parents, and uh, I had a loose tooth. I was a kid. I had a loose tooth. I w- I wouldn't eat anything because it was you know you know it was I was young you know and, yeah. And the, and my and my grandparents were Italian. They're like, what do you mean you're not eating anything? Come on, you're trying. You know. 
so uh, uh, I, w- I was being a pest about it, I'm sure. And uh, my grandfather kept saying, oh, I'm going to tie it. I'm going to tie a string to it and put it on the door. You know? <laughs> and I was like, no. Nah, Tom and Jerry style. And, uh, and I, I wake up that night. You know, I'm awoken in the middle of the night because my tooth fell out. I'm like, oh, awesome. My tooth just fell out in the middle of the night. It didn't hurt at all. And then I, I look and I see my grandfather cackling, giggling his way out of the room. looking <laughs> over your tooth in your sleep. <laughs> That's awesome so, and a little horrible. So I giggle like a jester. That's yeah. good. That's very good. So did your folks <clears throat> take you over there like every Sunday for... It wasn't every Sunday, but it was a lot when we were growing up. We'd go into Brooklyn a lot because, uh, you know... They grew up in Brooklyn. They both grew up in right. Bay Ridge. And, uh, and so what made them make them move to the suburbs? Um, you know, my dad got a gig, uh, but not real close to Clinton. He got a job somewhere in like Plainfield, I guess. And uh, they, I don't know, they, he just had, the, he had the, the itch to get out. And they, they went out and they, and they found a, a reservoir. And, and uh, he, he was, uh, he liked to, somehow he got into sailing in Brooklyn. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, naturally. <laughs> As people do, yeah. you know. And, uh, and they, they, you know, rented a boat and, and, uh, for the day. And, the, and he was like, oh, we could live around here quite easily. Nice. Know? And so that's, that's, what, that's how they found Clinton. Yeah, brothers and sisters? I have one older brother who, who still lives in Jersey, kind of not far from my folks, uh, about 20 minutes east of them. Okay. Strategically between my folks and his wife's his wife's mom, and uh, they have a couple of, of boys, which is pretty funny to see because like his his two you sons. You guys can't breed girls. There's nothing in your family line that can make a girl. It's it's a lot of that. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot of that. And uh, and even on my mom's side, I think there's only one girl in that generation. Yeah, it'd be like a weird Star Trek planet where there's no <laughs> girls. <laughs> they import women. From, so, from another world, yeah. off-world women. Yeah, but my bro- my brother's two sons are, are like exactly the 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 age difference that my brother and I were. So I like oh cool completely see the, the dynamic, and I and I realize like oh you know it's like like that's why I okay you know <laughs> that's hilarious. Mm. So you obviously mm. picked up a guitar to get chicks. Have, yes. Okay, that's a given. But wh- when when did you do so? Um, when did you first start learning some cowboy chords? Uh, that's a good question. Let me think. You know, I was into the guitar. Like uh, I remember, I remember getting the Chicken Pox and and listening to Elvis on eight track. <laughs> and that's when my father brought me home a, a you know a little plastic thing. Nice. And that had to be, I mean, seventy four. Right. You know, I mean, I, I didn't start. I, I didn't get a real guitar until uh, about. I was about eleven. So, okay. Yeah. And then did you take lessons, or they had a thing after school with the overhead projector. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, they did like they were, they were just doing this whatever, and uh, and it was like a three month thing with the overhead projector and 30 kids kind of plunking along. Okay. And, uh, Holly Wally doodle all day. Yeah. And Froggy yeah. Lena Corton. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, and it just, you know, it just came like naturally. You oh, know? good. And they were just like, oh, why are we going so slow here? You know, did they it, make you play scales first before chords. Do you remember? Uh, we did single note stuff. Yeah. And like, we didn't, we didn't learn scales, you know, but we, but like he was doing single notes and I was kind of just buzzing through it. Okay. And, uh, and I, and like, like you don't like you know, whatever. Like you don't, you know, you're not cocky, or I wasn't yet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
uh, I just buzzed through it, and, and I went over to the teacher, or like, the, you know, whatever. He called on me to play something off the overhead yeah. projector, and I was just like, but and he's just like, uh, let me talk to you, you know. <laughs> nice, that's good. And uh, so yeah, so that I mean, it really grabbed me, and it, and it's like you know, and it's you know, so whatever, it's just like it was, it was. So it came to you. So it was. It was. It felt felt natural. It felt natural. It was, it was what I, it was. You know. I, so when did you, when did you start writing songs? Um, I yeah. I st- I remember starting to write songs. Uh, 80, 84. Okay, so you're fifteen, something like that. 14, 14, yeah. 15, Yeah. Okay. I went down to the Ocean City. Ocean City with with Christian Bauman, who you know. Yes. And and we saw this guy. Um, Playing on the boardwalk, you know, right. doing as as he did, and 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 he was, you know, he was just playing. He had a great voice, and he was playing all these covers. But then he played his tune, and I was like, "Oh man, that's a good song. Who's, whose song is that?" He's like, oh, "I wrote that one." And I was like, "You you made that song up? You can just like you make you made that, and then you and I'm like." Oh, I, well, somebody has to write them, you know. It's just like it was. Well, a, the, the the old folkies thought that look, all the folk songs ever been written are written, unless your name is Woody. You know, but <laughs> like writes songs. As, you know, as much as like you know, I, I was already like, you know, in the in the, the Beatles were huge in my, right. in my in my you know. It's like, but I never like thought of like normal people could write songs until that moment when we just go. <laughs> Oh, you know, I totally know that moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, for for me, it was it, it was different. It wasn't that you could write songs. I remember distinctly listening to a great uh, Bob Dylan song. I, I don't remember what song, but thinking these are all words I know. Like, there's no like I know all these words. They're right. simple words, right? And you put them in a particular order and and play them a different a special way, and people think you're a genius. It's a little tougher than that, it turns out. <laughs> but when I first thought about it, I was like, hey, knucklehead can do this. Right, right. But then I heard uh, 115th Dream. I was riding on the Mayflower when I... Nice. And that song changed my life because literally, and this is such a dumb aha moment, I'm sure I've talked about it on the podcast, is that I had this moment where I was like, wait, you can write a song about that? About stuff, about trippy stuff like that? Yeah. That, and like, well, and, and then it was like, well, of course you can, knucklehead. You can, put it, you can write about anything you want. But it never occurred to me that, that, that you could actually take it in that direction. So, I mean, it, I could totally be Bob Dylan uh, as long as someone else had already been Bob Dylan. So I could figure right. out how it's done and then cheat. and then cheat. Right. But for him to do it without anybody teaching him. Yeah. I, I, see a, I see a lot of that 115th Dream. And I mean, I, I love I love your song, uh I'll call you. Yeah, why well, I didn't call? That is totally, <laughs> I mean, a hundred fifteenth dream type song. Yes. And uh, what's what's the other one I was thinking of? Was well, my my favorite for years has has always been uh, uh, Jesus owes me fifty bucks, but a classic. But um, the other one that I came across. Um, oh God! Wait a minute. Give me a second here. No worries. <laughs> We're talking about me. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, um, y- you and my career. Oh, you and my career. <laughs> Just fucking brilliant. Fucking Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> that was I. I uh, that, that was that was a very bitter period. <laughs> I, I have I have mellowed significantly, which is both good and bad. Uh, okay, so now you. Uh, um, so then you start writing songs, and then where? Do you remember your first your first gigs? Like, how, how's that happen? How you get your first gig? First gig. Like a retirement home, or your. Um, you know, I do. I do remember. I mean, you know, it's it's. 
first thing playing the guitar, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, it was like a talent show in grade school, I guess. Okay. would be that. I, you know, playing Imagine, you know. All right, okay. All kind of thing, but... But like the like the first time like playing originals, I remember it was very pivotal going to um, Godfrey Daniels. Right. Yeah. Open mic, and actually it was Bauman's. Uh, you know, after that summer of meeting that guy on the on the boardwalk, his name was Dave Hansel. I don't know where he is now. I've tried to look him up, but he seems to be has vanished. Um, uh you know, I we got we both got the bug to like write songs and yeah. kind of like we're like oh that that's cool like this guy just makes up songs so we like sat trying and tried to write songs and and you know they were awful and and but they get better you know and uh, so did his, you see that that um, Ira Glass there's a viral piece about Ira Glass it's about two minutes and Ira Glass says yes. yeah you're making stuff and you suck at it but you yes. know you suck. yeah okay that's pretty cool it is cool he's great yeah um so anyhow so so Bauman's uh, um, grandfather sees us hanging around playing the guitars trying to make up songs and and says oh you boys should check out this club on the south side of bethlehem called godfrey daniels i'm like i'm like you know sent from the heavens this right, guy yeah. was you know and uh coolest coolest granddaddy had and uh, uh so anyhow so bauman and i drove drive out you know this is about 86 at this point when we go to godfrey daniels so you, we got you get, one of you guys just has a license i just just yeah. i mean it was probably the first place i drove when i when i got my holy license. shit that's yeah. legit man i went to the mall <laughs> <laughs> and uh and it was like you know it was sunday night and i have to you know it was like it was cool of cool of my folks to be like ah you're he's going they're going to play the guitars how bad what can, can it happen be? at a folk club yeah, yeah exactly it's like it's only an hour or whatever you know <laughs> you were 16 and i bet you were the toughest person in there <laughs> But but another another pivotal moment of of uh, it wasn't the it wasn't the first time because the first time we got there we, the first time we went we got there like after it had started or after they had drawn the numbers already yeah and we got a very late spot you know and I was just like oh my god this is gonna be forever and it turned out you know didn't it didn't you know so we just sat there nervous all night yes you know, they got to play at like eleven thirty or whatever we, I remember those nights yeah but uh, but the second time you know then we knew like when to be there you know and get get yeah. a spot and 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 so I get there and I get my spot I'm like oh cool we're good to go and uh, I'm 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 tuned up and 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 ready to go and play my original songs and and this dude gets up on stage kind of like. Happy little guy gets up on stage and throws his notebook down and sings this song about a, about a boxer about about Larry Holmes in Easton and yeah. I'm like, and it was Dream Street the first time John Gorka had played Dream Street. Oh wow! And I was like, oh, I get to follow that that guy. That guy's pretty good, you know. And uh, you know, I had no idea who he was at the time, and and he was kind of just becoming who, right. who he is at the time, and. I think I think his I know record was out maybe, but he was a he was a uh, he was a monster of fast folk as well. Yes, yeah. He, I mean, he's see, it was from him, like you know, we met him there, right? And he used to come to the open mics all the time there, and was you know was very you know friendly but very shy, and, and like you know told encouraged us to go meet Jack Hardy, and right, he's like, you guys are trying to write songs, good on you, you know. <laughs> Go see Jack Hardy. Yeah, he'll he'll help you. Do, he'll fix that what you're doing there. You know? Right, he'll tell you what you're doing wrong. And 
Which we did, and that's how I got involved with the festival. Great. Okay. So now, did you go to his uh, uh, his apartment and have that do the, the the sit around? I never did that. Yeah, because I was really too much, I was too much of a dick. I I, <laughs> I like I had enough respect for like all the I- idols and icons. I was like, I don't want to go shit on these people, <laughs> and and it, it was a big mistake. I should have been able to swallow myself and go and been me, but I was too much of a punk. I was like, you idiots don't know how to write songs. It was I a, know how to it write was songs. a it was a strange scene. It really was. I mean, it it helped for sure, you know, but it was it was definitely. Uh, Meeting meeting Jack and like Jack himself was really the right kind of of push, you know, and and it, and it kept you coming back, you know, okay. and, it, and it kind of pushed you to to you know just just the the uh, you know it seems so basic now just to, but to but to know that it's not just um, when inspiration strikes kind of thing. It, it's like, it, hey, if you put yourself on a schedule and you you need to bring a song there next week, you'll have a song. You That's know? true. It may not be a good song, but like you can actually write a song, not just sit around and wait for a song. You know? Do you find that, that you write the shitty ones uh, so that you keep yourself open for the gifts, for the good ones? I, I, I finish every song to clear the pipeline. Do you really finish every song? I finish every song. Even now? Yes, yeah. yeah. Good for you, man. Cause, yeah. Okay, because I, I stopped doing that a while back. I, I mean, I... But, yeah, they. I mean, they don't. I don't write as much anymore. You, 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 you know, you. That's the thing, though. It's like you know that that was the gift of that time. Was nobody like, tells you that. Yeah. Nobody tells you that. Like, dude, it's natural. Look at Paul McCartney. <laughs> nobody ever says that. You're just like, this fucking sucks, man. I yeah. used to be magic. Yeah. So I mean, but people but now, should tell you that. That's true. That's true. And and like that's the thing. That's the thing I see about. You know, I I see. I see the kids these days. You yeah, know, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm talking a lot. This is. This is good. Caffeine. Caffeine <laughs> that's is the point. Good. If we well, just yeah. sat here and stared at each other. Well, that's the thing. And by the way, I just want to tell y'all that uh, uh, Greg brought beer. Like <laughs> nobody brings Mark Marin beer because I guess he's sober. But but nonetheless, this this guy is a good podcast guest. He brought he brought beer. <laughs> Maybe we should hit pause and grab another. <laughs> that's a good idea. Let's totally do that. Let's do that. All right. That's that's the kind of show we're running here. We are going to pause. Yeah. All right. We are back. We have uh, we have Rebeard. He's drinking the Kensinger. I'm drinking the Walt Wit. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Ah. ah that is good. Um. All right. So so um, so you're you're at Jack Hardy's, and do you play play me a song from the Jack Hardy era from 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 that? Uh, play me something really friggin' old. Ah. Uh. Unless you don't want to, and then play, play whatever you want. Um, I mean, the, the truth is, I don't remember a lot of those songs. I know, is, me which either. is good. I, I, I can think of the one song. Um, play Jack, what you want to play, dude. Yeah, this is this is in standard, so that we'll just we'll go there to, to save save us some time. Um, but Jack, I got to I got to be, you know, Jack was, I you know you you start running into the same people in different you know, yes. at, the, at the festivals and that was the beauty of that. Well, wait, wait. So, so you, the thing would be at Jack's house, but where would the uh, uh, where would they? Was it the Fast Folk Cafe? Was that was was that a venue or or? Yeah, okay, yeah, that was, that was a... in Tribeca. Yeah. Okay, and that was that was pretty. That was later. That was later. I mean, his the thing was still going on. But so where would those guys play in the West Village? Like, was it? Uh, uh, um, what was, was that place? Was the Gaslight called? still around. Gaslight was still around. And the um, cafe Watt was closed, but yeah, Fast Folk Cafe was kind of kind of grew out of that, and the, and they were like, and, and you know, it was a, it's a vision of Jack. He was just like, you know, sure, why why shouldn't we have a venue? You know, right? It's like this makes sense, and they put on some great shows there. And I actually I used to run some sound there for a while, 
when I was living in Hoboken and um so would like Suzanne Vega hang out when she was in town or um I never saw then? her she was gone she was a big star by then so I, I kind of I came in uh came in after that so it was but like Jim Infantino was also part of that scene right he's my webmaster he um I saw you have a gym yeah. site still that's a that's a great thing he 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 was kind of he would there were like these little pockets you know they would did the different the different uh, city pockets now weren't you on the Philly one for that that they did a Philly record no no, no. see see I was I was an East Village guy because I fell in with the anti folk okay because right, right, we right. all hated the you time or, cafe yeah. or not time cafe the sidewalk cafe. sidewalk cafe yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it was because yeah. I forgot with I forgot about our animosity. It's a, right? <laughs> it a whole thing because, but supposedly because they didn't let Latch into the Westville into the folk festival, the uh, the West Village folk festival one year. So he started the anti folk festival, oh, and that's, that's supposedly funny. that's one of the the myth mythical uh, stories about how the how the name anti folk was coined. That's funny. And so yeah, so I was at John and Peters when I met a band uh, a duo called The Humans who looked like uh, young Hasids, but they weren't. Uh-huh. And they came down and they told me, I thought I invented funk, uh, folk punk. You know, I was like, look what I've invented. But it turns out not only had I not invented it, but like Roger Manning and Brenda Kahn had already been signed and dropped. Uh, and so they said, no, you got to go to the sidewalk where this thing is exploding. Okay. And then I went and then Latch taught me that, uh, you know, East Village good, West Village bad, East Village dangerous, West Village safe. Uh, and I was I was looking for a family. So I was like, yeah, whatever you say, boss. Right, right. So now I'm old. I love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I can't say other than other than like Jack and Wendy. Yeah, I guess I made a few friends there, but it was just like it was a very it was a very clicky group you know and, and it was not even clicky as much as like like antisocial almost it was kind of like you know you come and you play your song and god forbid you get you like get chummy in here you know it's not about chummy it's about the song and it was like it was very intimidating we we, we had heard that i yeah. that that's that those were the rumors that trickled out yeah. and we were looking for a reason to to piss on it so that was that was enough we were like yeah who needs that right right but and i thought you know i found it I, you know i was i was a a pretty positive kid coming in from New Jersey, you know, and and like they're all these just dark city songs, and yeah, like, you know, just like minor key, key, you know, death and destruction. I was it's just hard, like, man. You're waiting like, tables seventy hours a week and living in a closet. I <laughs> don't piss anybody right, off. Right, that's true. That's true. But I was just kind of like, I mean, I'm like, and we wonder why our audience is kind of small at this gig, you know? I'm like, so I mean, you know, it's the crowd. Not, not to say, not to say the. Not to say there weren't great songs that came out of it, but you know, it, I remember going in there being like, "What have we gotten ourselves into?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know. This is, yeah." Anyway, so so so, so go on. What do you got for me? Well, I, I got this song here. Jack and I one year drove back. How do we do this? I went to I went to the Kerrville Fest. Yeah, by train one year. Yikes! And um. Like on a folk train? It wasn't a folk train. It was just a Greg train. Okay. <laughs> just a Greg train. And uh, and uh, I don't know why I did this. <laughs> Probably because I didn't trust my car at the time and, and I was too cheap to fly or, or, or something. Yeah. And uh, not that the train was that much cheaper. Right. But but, but I, you get to sleep in a chair for four days. Yeah, there's that. But then they, they then they had the, you had the option of either um, um, a layover in... Chicago or New Orleans, and I had never been to New Orleans. Sure. And so, and it was like you know a seventeen hour. Blues or jazz, those are your choices. Exactly. So it was yeah. like a seventeen hour stop in New, in New Orleans, and uh, I knew I knew 
no one there except I knew that the the Sharer sisters. Do you know the Sharer sisters? I right? don't. No. Uh, we'll cover them later. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, anyhow, they had a cousin who I knew lived in uh, in New Orleans, and and I had met her once or her once or twice. Folk and, music. It's like Mormonism. Exactly. <laughs> you got a friend anywhere. Exactly. So I, you know, I I wrote to to or called up. Linda Share or Connie Share. There's four Share sisters who I'm very close with. And Linda, you you, you play with? I I played with. a bunch with yeah. yeah over the years in Camp Hoboken. What's your name that. on bills together all the time? Yes, yes. And so anyhow, so I call up Linda Linda's cousin and I say, Hey, it's Cagno. I'm coming to New Orleans and sleeping on your couch. How do you feel about that? You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she's felt pretty good about that. So it all worked out. So yes. uh, so then I got on the train, went to went to Kerrville, had a great time, and then. Uh, had planned to take the train home and then I and I run into Jack there he's like why the hell are you going to take the train home I got the car here you know you drive home with me and uh, so we had you know we drove home from Texas together and like which takes about you know 30 odd hours and, right. uh, and uh and he was like at first was real he's like I don't really let anybody else drive my car and then he like starts falling asleep behind the wheel I was like how about you let me drive your fucking car now what, 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 what do you think you know and so then like he you know he Knocks out in 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 the front seat finally, and and I drive you know a, a, an epic stretch you know, and he's just like, oh that was good, that was the best I slept since I got to the festival you know. Yeah, and, the whole uh, point about traveling with with people younger than you is they can do all that driving right, at night. Exactly. So so anyhow, long story short is or longer is uh, my brother at the time had a had a just bought a boat and um, had gotten uh, laid off and got a. a severance package and, and he was like i'm i'm too young to retire i'm buying a boat and i'm gonna go do that for a while okay and uh so i was telling jack about this wait like like a, like a boat to sail around the world with or yeah it was like a 32 foot catch holy shit and uh and wait what's catch a catch is is a, is a type of boat. it was a you know it's a two mast kind of okay yeah and but like a sleepable like it could comfortably sleep comfortably sleep three and had, we had up to six on there. At wow! Time. So, so this is this is before he had uh, a family. Before he had a family, yes, he so was a single guy with a with a thirty two foot boat. Yeah, oh, yeah. That oh, I mean, he was he was with he, you know he he had the, he had the girlfriend yeah. at the time and and uh, and him and the girlfriend uh, lived on it for a year and sailed. Holy shit! All, that's a good girlfriend. Yeah, they're not together anymore. Or? No, they're married. That's Holy, that's the wife. He lived he, he lived on a year with for a year with a girl <laughs> and she didn't. Run well, away. That was, that was the test, I suppose. Yeah, everything else is gravy. They can live in a shitty apartment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's a toilet that flushes. So, and that was, I mean, that was that was perfect timing too, because like I, I had just, I had just uh, uh, pulled the parachute, or, or well, jumped, <laughs> pulled the parachute into my my full time folk career. Nice. And uh, and my brother said, you know, I'm I'm gonna be on this boat for a while. If you, you got some time, come come spend some time, you know, and. Uh, so I, I'm driving home with Jack, and I'm like, you know, my brother's got this boat. I'm going to go spend some time in the summer. And he's like, I would fucking love to get on that, that boat if you guys got some room for something, you know. And uh, so... <laughs> so you were on a boat with Jack so, Hardy and your brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we had a blast. <laughs> me, me and Jack and my... That's an amazing sitcom. We, uh, yeah, it was. It totally was. I mean, and we went to... Um, so I, wait, you invited your brother and his guitar... And his old guitar playing folk music friend to be on a thirty-two foot boat with us, honey. <laughs> the 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 wife slash the girlfriend at the time was not on the boat when when me and yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be in our apartment. You call me when those fucking folk singers leave. 
So Jack had a Jack had a uh, uh, house concert up in Connecticut somewhere, and and Wayne and I, my brother Wayne and I, sailed up and uh, like just like met Jack at the end of this dock, and like didn't even didn't even like stop. It was kind of like <laughs> throw the guitar on. Totally, it was like there was it was the the wind was real low. We just kind of slowly pulled up. Jack stepped on the boat. We kept going. And uh, let's see John Voight in this movie somehow. Totally, totally. That's who should play Jack Hardy. Absolutely. And uh, then we, I remember we sailed to from there. We went to Martha's Vineyard, of course. And uh, and oh, uh, you know, that's so anyway. amazing, dude. That's an amazing. That must, and so, how long were you on the boat for? Well, I was I was on for like three months. That that that's nice. Summer. Three months with your brother, like that. That's got to be that. That's precious now. Oh, I mean, that was time that you know. I didn't. Good for I, you. I didn't realize. I, I I knew how lucky I was, and and but not not even more than now. You yeah. know what I mean? But um. So Jack. I mean Jack was with us. We we probably did a good. It was at least a week, which I, I can't remember. But so we we uh, and I don't know where we dumped him off either. But but uh, I do remember we would always uh. When you run out of memory from me talking too much, you tell me. This uh, is good. When we, we would always be tr- trolling. Trolling? That's what you call it when you're fishing? Yeah. yeah hang yeah, up trolling. Yeah. We I think it's trawl, trawling, actually. Trawling? T-R-A-W-L. Trolling is like when you're writing b- bad messages on... Yeah, um, trolling is an Antonin on... Scalia situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he would do. Um, so we were trawling, as it were. Yes. Uh, trying to catch dinner. As We would just leave a leave a... A rod hanging off the back of the boat and sail all day, and, and like more than not, we would we would end up catching something, and uh, and we got this huge bite, and like you know, it was it was obviously like a, a fish of substance, and uh, and uh, so <laughs> you know, my brother's man in the net, and I'm fighting this thing in, and it was like probably the best, you know, I'm not a big fisherman, but it was it was definitely the best fish fish fight I've had, and. Uh, and so that left Jack at the helm. And, and it, so here's Jack, who has never sailed, in full control of the boat, you know. And, uh, and we, we managed to land this, this fish. What was it? It was, it was a huge bluefish. I mean, nice. it, it, it was like a feed three plus, plus breakfast be- the next you, morning. Yeah. Before you knew the bluefish were full of mercury. Ah, you know, fuck it. We're all going to die someday. There we go. And uh, so, so we, we pull this thing in and we're celebrating. And then, and then we look and we like... The sails are completely askew, and we're like, you know, we're like pointing into the, the wind. The mizzen mast, <laughs> the jib. So Jack was like, I, I don't, you know. <laughs> I don't know what key this boat is in. <laughs> so uh, maybe it's song. Uh, so the boat was called. Uh, it was called Present Moments. So, okay. You know, this, this, so this. Hanging gold sun, falling or rising I lost track of days, I ain't trying to find them or count them Red skies in the morning or is it at night Supposed to keep me scared and make me feel alright 
Either way I found them But I didn't count them And now I'm lost at sea Lost some weight of the world Off the screen Fell off the face These present moment days Yeah, I sure do miss you, but I'm doing fine You're doing your thing, I'm doing mine That's a barter Longing is a bond stronger than absence Can you feel the wall that we're up against? So don't bother Pushing harder Because I'm lost at sea Lost some weight of the world off the screen fell off the face these present moment days Tide comes home, the ebb flows light The full moon filling up the harbor with night And a promise Of a gentle rock and sleep Until a new dawn and a southwest wind To sail us along to a new bliss And that's a promise and we're lost at sea Lost some weight of the world Off the screen Fell off the face These present moment present moment day nice thanks, Greg brother. Kegno thanks brother is that on a record that's the title track of a live record I did okay actually right after that uh, that summer well when was it summer I don't know what time of year it was probably didn't probably wasn't summer it was probably more like winter uh, I sailed to the Bahamas with him and we made the crossing from from uh, Key Biscayne to the Bahamas. Okay. And uh, and uh, all the songs that I kind of wrote in that stretch and then uh, must have been tough to write a blues during that stretch. Well, I, I actually I wish I could play you the blues <laughs> I wrote during that stretch called um, oh man I wrote I wrote a, a good Bahama blues. Oh, what was it called? It'll come back to me. Damn. <laughs> I, I don't remember how to play it, but it was, it yeah. was, uh, of course, 
we were in we were in the dock somewhere getting fuel, and and the guy Garrett was his name was the guy the the, the guy harbor master, and uh, and he said, "Where are you where are you from?" You know, and I said, "You know, I'm from Jersey." And, and he says, "Ah, I thought I thought you were I thought you were uh, Arabic." You know, <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, the one line I remember from the from the tune is, uh, you know. The, the the dog it was like a doom, doom, doom. it was like more of a, like a reggae blues thing, yeah of course like, you know, yeah of course you know <laughs> as as you do you know and uh, it was like the dock master's name is the young bearded Garrett surprised I'm from Jersey thought I was an Arab you know, was, you know very clever classic you know classic blues you know so I saw you at uh, Bourbon and Branch uh, yes. about a month ago um, you you played and you that was part of the Folk song. What the hell's that thing? That it's, were, the, the it's the it's the Philly Music Co-op, which yeah. is part of the Philly Folk Song Society. Right. Yes. So um, uh, T.J. McGlinchey was on the podcast, and he explained that to me. Oh, cool. Okay. But I forget. Explain what that is. I I, I don't really know. Okay, um, good. Uh, but you pay some dues, and sometimes I, you get gigs. I, you pay you pay some dues. I think you just have to join. I don't know if it's. I'm sure they'll tell me if I owe them more money, but right. uh, <laughs> I, I, it was like you. It was kind of like you join and then, and you know, the thing I saw was like, you know, do you need help promoting your CD release party kind of thing, you know? And I was putting out an album like two years ago. Right, in 14. 14. And, uh, and I was like, I, in fact, I do, you know? And I, I had just I had just moved down to Fairmount and, uh, and so I, I joined up and, and they, you know, they say, you know, join and then we'll, we'll do like a little consulting thing with you and tell you how we can help you out. And, and like, you know, <laughs> I I don't expect much at this point, you know. I mean, then you've joined the right organization. Yes, <laughs> you know. So so whatever whatever they had to offer, yeah, uh, sure. it would have been uh, would have been more than enough. And uh, no, actually, I sat down with a very nice guy who's who's no longer with the organization, and uh, he said, "Here's what we do." And and I had seen they once in a while they run these showcases. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, it seems like a nice way to meet folkies around here, and you know, just kind of work your way, whatever. And. Uh, and then I heard nothing from them for, for you know, I just kind of had given up. <laughs> Not given up, but like like I said, I went, like I so often do, I went in with zero expectations. And, and sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. And, and sometimes I just don't even realize nothing's awesome. happened, you know. Great. And so uh, so then this woman emailed me. And I, I, I didn't get it uh, immediately because you know how you have, well, I have like different emails for different things. Yeah. And like my mailing list is on one. And like she wrote to me at my mailing list address and offered me that gig at Bourbon and Branch. Right. And then, like, I didn't answer because I didn't see it, you Who know. checks that? No, and, no one's ever going <laughs> to... Yeah. Right. And so then uh, I finally see it a few weeks later and she's like, hey, I really need to know about that date. Are you going to do this? And I'm like, whoa, sorry, you know, I missed it. And uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And uh, and actually, you know, the gig was real nice. It was I, fun. I had, a, I had a, a lovely... I was very... Nice happy little crowd there. Nice little crowd. Nice... Both bands were, were pretty good at... Uh, players and uh yeah anyway so so that's all i know about that i know they they have they have a hand in uh in recommending folks for the for the folk fest yeah you know and uh well that's you know. point entertainment's doing that booking now uh, jesse lundy and folks and, they, and i gotta tell you jesse lundy is doing an amazing job like cool. if you look at if, if if you just take a look at the talent at, at, at the, the 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 acts that are coming there 
um, over the past five years versus the past 50 years previous. Yeah. I am super impressed. Oh, cool. I mean, Jesse's a friend of mine, so oh, cool. I would either keep my mouth shut if I didn't like it or praise him if I do. <laughs> but uh, matter of fact, Jesse played guitar. You came out and saw me with the band that night. That was Jesse on, on guitar playing the Orange Scratch. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh, beautiful guitar. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has a nice yeah. guitar. The guitar is actually his wife's. I remember that, uh, too. She has yeah, a beautiful yeah. guitar, beautiful <laughs> wife, and me. <laughs> so that, that was at the fire. That was a great show. Yeah, that was good. That was a fun so. time. And like I, that was out, out of my comfort zone, you know, yeah. having to pay attention to other people on stage. That was that was fun. I mean, I don't think I'd seen you in years. And I, I, think I didn't I, even I recognize you. I, I didn't like, know I, you were in town. I, I, yeah, that's right. I yeah. Mean, that was the first... Like, I, I think I had... Who knows? I mean, yeah. But I had I had seen, uh, you know, I, I keep, I make sure I know what you're up to. You know? <laughs> I, I keep tabs, you know. Well, here's something I want to talk about. Okay. You're like an amazing photographer. Your Instagram is banging, dude. Like, uh, your Instagram photos <laughs> make my Instagram photos. I, I just got a picture of bacon-wrapped shrimp, wrapped shrimp last night. That was, I called That's it Rabbi's hysterical. Delight. That yeah, was but, hysterical. <laughs> but, but your Instagram is like art and shit. Like, really? Are you yeah. taking those with that? With, what is that, a Galaxy? Phone. That's, a, uh, that's an LG, yeah. Okay. It's a good camera on it, yeah. I mean, I mean I, but somehow you have an eye, and I don't know whether, what filters you use, but yours are clearly, like, uh, um, oh, uh, it's iOS. What's your, what's your damn... Uh, 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 Io no you know it's it's because you don't want I, people to see it apparently. Nah, I don't care. Spell it. I don't. Care. It's uh, I O S O N O C A G N O. Okay, see that led me to believe it was it, you had an iPhone because it's iOS. Oh, oh it just just means I am Cagno in Italian. That's all. Oh, know, right? <laughs> fair enough. But 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 dude, if if you get a chance, you should go check out check out Greg's Instagram photos because <laughs> I mean they're 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 really nice photos, oh, man. Thank I mean you. I follow thank a bunch you. of suicide girls and you. <laughs> I, I you know I actually I pal around with a couple of, of really actually professional photographers and I and I, I I'm sure I kind of try to imitate what they're doing or, or whatever. Whatever it takes, it's working. But the man. filter I love is that lo-fi. I just, yeah, me too. I, I, don't, right? I don't really stray from the lo-fi. Okay, you know? it's really you know. But his photograph, your photographs are, are are always a pleasure. Thanks, man. So, it's fun. You know, yeah. I, I don't, I you know, I I was really resistant to any sort of social media just because like who has the time and then, and then like but that's Part just job, so dude. easy. You know, it's just kind of like yeah. You know, blippity blip. I is it, you know it's like I was thinking about this morning. It's like so much more is expected of you now as 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 a, a musician. You know, and it's yeah. Like, I, I guess it always has been. If you you know if you wanted to it to be a business, you really had to play all those. But to me, like you know, the guys who are who did it right and or the really freaking talented ones are the ones who really don't dabble with the shit either. You know, it's just like you don't see you don't see a lot of Facebooking from John Gorka. You know. But yeah, but that's don't... a different strata. Like, <laughs> you know, he's got he's got an army of people. It's a small army, but but that he's got a significant number of people who make a tiny percentage of their living from him. Yeah, you know, so he's got. That's true. You know, so you look at people like I. You know, he's he's one or two rungs above us, and you know, he's 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 the kind of guy that will fly out to play a gig in Kansas and fly home. That's not me. <laughs> If right. I'm if I got a gig in Kansas, I got to book eight shows around it. Yeah, yeah. And first of all, you got to give me a damn good reason to go to Kansas because I know I got to book eight shows around it. Right, right. <laughs> you know, but but he's he, you know he's doing that that thing and and great for him and great for those people. Yeah. But remember, they're still doing. It's just somebody else is doing the work. You know, which is which is sweet. Like what you want to do is you want to sit in your bedroom and write songs. Right. And then have have and then have beautiful girls throw themselves at you because your art is so amazing. Of course, of course. Yeah. Yes. But uh, but from from A to B, you've got to make some compromises. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. He um he's actually in lands lands down. Yeah. Tomorrow Lansdowne night. Club, yeah. 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 I may go. Yeah. Um. 
So this, so the other thing I want to talk to you is your sound, none of which is apparent here because you just brought the guitar. But I saw you at Bourbon and Branch, yes. and your your freaking guitar sounded amazing because Thank you got you. this. I th I think like seriously, I want to listen to what you say here because you've got an. I I think you're doing what I have thought about doing for a while, or at least a variation of it. So you have uh, um you, you're you're taking your are you uh, amplifying your bass. Strings, your, your E and your A. Did you say that, and, and then sending them out stereo? It's, I'd rather me try and figure it out. Tell me what what your sound, how you get this, because cool. you got this real great percussive sound with the you know with the palming of the of the strings and everything, and which some folk singers just do really effectively. You do too, but you're also using uh, equipment. Tell us what you got going on. Okay, okay. I um, I've got in both my guitars. I've got this, uh, and then this is an old system. I've I've got this uh, uh, mounted. Condenser mic in here, and I've got so there's a mic in the sound hall, and there's a, and a, there's a piezo, transducer. piezo. How do you say a, that? Uh, I, I think it's just a Martin. You're the Italian guy, but it's got the, the <laughs> piezo. There's a Z in it, and an O. Well, isn't that? I think it's just a brand. The piezo isn't. isn't oh, is brand? it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I thought it was a kind. I thought yeah. it was. It was, it was I, at just, first, I thought it was a, kind of pasta. Just a transducer. Uh, what do you call it? <laughs> <laughs> piezo with a little. Rigatoni. I think it's a Martin Martin Gold line or Thin line yeah. or whatever we call that, and then and then the transducer mic by uh, I want to say it's a Crown that goes out stereo. So you got a stereo jack there. Stereo jack, and that goes into the system I've been using since the late 1900s. The same uh, uh, Fishman blender, which right. just you know I, I've tried so it's other got a things. Couple of knobs, and, including a, a knob that'll that'll allow you to blend the tone from from the two microphones the yeah. one in the sound hall and the yeah, one in the sound two two channels and then a, and then one main there's a you know there's a there's a high low there's an individual level for the pickups and then there's a main and that's okay. that's all but from that i i run two lines out of that and i i run one xlr line out of that into a pv cosmos which is the thing that that blows up the the low end pv it, cosmos cosmos with a k and and all these, I have a gear section links on my. I saw that website. your your website is very including the surfing report <laughs> at the bottom. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so I have all all the links to these. Um, all your gear, yeah. Okay, uh, so so it runs it out to this to this Cosmos thing, and what does that do? That is a it's a sub harmonizer. I don't have any idea how it works, but but. I think it's actually made for keyboard. Okay. But I read about this thing and I was just like, that sounds awesome. It just kind of like, it throws like, it doesn't really throw an octave, but it just like fat, it, it, I mean, it, it does throw an octave, but it also just kind of boosts your bass. But it only picks up the low frequencies. Right, that's right? what I need, yeah. And you can kind of, you can kind no matter, by how, how high you have it dialed in, is how much of the low frequency band it's picking up. Now, even if you dial it all the way up, it doesn't seem to pick up on the guitar. It doesn't seem to pick up much higher. It like won't pick up a D, like a, a you know a fourth string D. But anything below that, it seems to. Yeah, that's all I need, to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you it, play solo, I mean, because if you bring a bass player, yeah, he might sleep with a, with your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but I, has your Cosmos ever made a move no, on you? Never your, a move. Never a move. So. <laughs> So I take that. So then, and then the other line I, I run out for just for the highs. I run the straight, you know, a, a quarter inch line out through the, through the uh, blend, uh, not the blender, through the looper. And okay, uh, yeah. So, so you, you are, yeah. So you were doing loops. I did. I only did a little that night. I yeah. think I kind of crashed and burned on one of them, and uh, you know, it, it's that. That's not my John. Like that's that's great. <laughs> uh, my old roommate Butch Ross is doing a lot mm. of loops. He plays he plays the Mountain Dulcimer now. He's looping the Dulcimer. That's yeah. cool. He's like. 
He's like a legit. He's like the like. He's probably like one of the top hundred dulcimer players in the world, and that's, that's out of awesome. like two hundred. That's awesome. I, I actually, when I when I heard him on on here, I I, I looked up and, and heard what he's doing. He sounds great. Yeah, so he, he's doing he all that loop great. stuff. That's not what I need. But I have always looked. What I wanted to do was I thought about some way to put um, two sixths of a of a humbucker pickup. You know, uh-huh. just like putting putting. And, uh, 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 under here somewhere, like like Paul McCartney used to do to make his acoustic guitar electric back uh, back you know when he when, okay. he when he was in his skiffle band or whatever, <laughs> um, and then just just use just using the E and the A and then somehow running that cable whether I ran it stereo or a separate line uh-huh. out into a bass into an octave pedal. So yeah, basically, yeah. you just be getting a lower E, an octave lower E and an A or whatever note I was playing up here. Right, and that was like my theory, and then I never really pursued it because. I'd have to try it, and it's tough to try without cutting into the guitar, and then if it's a mistake, then you've cut into your nice guitar. So, right, right. But you seem to have solved my. You yeah, seem to have I mean, solved the problem. I would just split. I mean, you can just take the regular line out and split that. You yeah. Know? You don't even need. You don't even need the two the, the stereo line at all. Just I would just split the. What I want to do is I actually want to play through your pedal through your, through your toy, but because you know you're doing a lot of folk picking and palming and folk strumming. And I'm strumming like Johnny Ramone, you know. So, uh-huh. so I want to see like if that works or if it just turns into a a, a muted mud, you know. Because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know. So, but I, I hope it does. You you've seen Hamill on trial, right? Yes. Oh yeah. And he plays. His deal is he's just running that old 37 Gibson, uh-huh. but he runs it through a PA with, and the PA has natural compression in it. So when he strums real hard like that, the compressor is actually banging on. And you get this real percussive. It almost oh, sounds like there's nice. a kick drum. Okay. And it's just it's just a serendipitous coincidence that he once found this thing that yeah. worked. You yeah. know, and it completely works for him. And his sound is awesome. Yeah. And uh, and I played through his PA, and it didn't sound awesome for me. I mean, okay. just 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 coincidentally, it didn't. Yeah. So uh, so I so I want to I want to try a thing because I think that might be. Yeah. I think that 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 could work for me because because just like bringing up the bottom there and bringing a percussive amount, especially if you're if you're playing solo, you know, yeah. you want to fill out you want to fill out the room, especially since I. I I, I, I don't do it so much anymore, but I used to I used to open for punk rock bands all the time. Nice. I was, I was a big old badass, nice. you know. And I it's a whole whole room full of little punk rockers that look at acoustic guitars funny anyway. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, all right, I got like seven minutes <laughs> to, to get this done. <laughs> right, right. And, it's like, I'm gonna grab you. I'm not gonna let go, and then I'm gonna get out of here. Right. You know? It was yeah. my my you know my my favorite. Uh, uh, I didn't get it when I was a kid and it was actually happening, but Andy Kaufman, the way he was so bored with making people laugh, he's like, well, first I gotta make them hate me, and then I'm gonna win them back, because that's the challenge. <laughs> One time at John and Peter's, I actually did that. Um, you know, that was my first home stage, and in the early 90s, I would go there literally every Monday. I was there at the open mic, nice. and I was I was the regular, and I was like the king of the room, because I, I, I would have a new song every week, because I was 24, and you just right. write a song. Well, just write, what are we gonna do this afternoon? I'll write, I'll write two songs. And... And one day I went back there, probably, I don't know, 96, 97, 98, and the whole room had turned over. Nobody knew me. But I just walked on, like, you know, like, 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 with my big swinging dick. I'm like, oh, this is John Peters. And I realized, like, I was being kind of a total dick, but these people don't know who I am. So they don't know, they don't, they don't want to give me a break and a chance. And, oh, he's good, just wait. So I was realized, wait, after one song, I realized, these people hate me. <laughs> they don't know me, and I'm kind of a jerk. So I had, I actually did. I won him back, and I was like, "Oh, Andy Kaufman, I see the go. power." There you go. That feels awesome. <laughs> so, grasshopper, absolutely, yes. that's awesome. Okay, cool. That, so that's so, so. Name that piece again. The Cosmos PV Cosmos K O S M O S. Cool. Believe. I'm gonna yeah. look into that, and I want to come over yeah. to your house and play, play with your thing. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, I was thinking, if you, if you, well, here's my, here's my chance to throw the pitch in. Yeah. 
uh, Tin Angel, mm-hmm. March 15th. Yes. The You know, what else are you going to do with a Tuesday night? Um, if you want to come down there, post sound check and bang it around. Yeah. And see, and see, I'll have it all. I'll have it all. Barbara will probably be running sound. She'll make you sound good. Cool. That's great. So you're playing Tuesday night. Tell me about that. The March 10th. March well, 15th. First, March 15th. First of all, you're going to be on XPN before that, right? I'm going to be XPN that Sunday. On the, the 13th. Okay. On the folk show with, with Ian. Yeah. And, uh, on the thirteenth, yeah. Good, great. So. Okay, so that and that'll be. Uh, you know what hour you're going to be in? It, it, the show's eight, eight to eight to twelve eight, now. Eight to eight to ten. I think it's eight to ten. I, I don't know what what hour yet. Okay. I, but, I, uh, so yeah. Sunday night, there's no football, so uh, uh, you can watch the Simpsons the next morning on Hulu. So, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So so perfect. so listen listen to Cagno, and then the fifteenth Tuesday, um, Teen Angel with who else? With Eric Scott and Charlotte Berg. Okay. Eric Scott is out of D.C. Charlotte Berg is out of... Uh, um, she's from Melbourne, Australia, but now she's in Nashville. Okay, cool. So, yes. Cool. Was she... A, was she? A, I don't know her at all. Was she like a big deal in, in, in Australia and then came over here to be a smaller deal? Or I don't know. Okay, me I either. I don't know. Don't she's, know. She has some lovely songs, a, a, a keyboard woman, and... Uh, so it should be a nice a variety of night. I, nice. I'm, I'm interested to see how it how it pans out with. Uh, so you now you live in Philadelphia now. Which I do. Is, yes. Which, so you is it because of your wife? We came down here. My wife is a professor at Temple now. Oh, sweet! What does she teach? She teaches musical theater, uh, musical theater, dance, and uh, she's kind of oh. musical theater department. Yeah. She okay. So all she, things. Do you theater. read music? Do I read music? I do very slowly. Okay. Yes. Yeah, like I can re- I can read music. Like I read Hebrew. Yes. Yeah. Like if you're in if you're not in a rush, I can read <laughs> I can read anything for you. But uh I cannot I can I can slowly yeah. But she, but she must is she good at that? She, she you know, she can read music and 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 better than I can, but she I mean she's more of the dance person. She's the dance and movement, she had a movement over there. I tell you what, marrying a dancer is a good thing. I mean unless unless you're into feet cuz <laughs> <laughs> always, he, he turned red. He's blushing. It's, always it's had adorable. a thing for dancers. Have to admit. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> yes. So good for you. So how long you guys been together? Ah, uh, wow. We're mar- we're married. Uh, uh, this will be thirteen years. Sweet. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. I hope it lasts. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> and, I'm, uh, I'm counting uh, on this one. So she. So did did she, did you guys move here for the job, or did she always live here? No, she she actually is a North Carolina girl. Oh, nice. And uh, when I met her, she was living in New York. She was uh, you know musical theater performer for years, triple threat kind of girl. She's really talented. Makes makes uh, makes it look easy, and um, and was was always kind of teaching dance. In in the middle, you know, to, to keep things going. And, okay. Uh, but she was you know she was. She was in the in the Broadway mix for quite a while there, and then uh, when we got together and moved to, she was living in Queens. I was living in Percocet at the time. And, All right. And so New Hope seemed, you know, the the obvious compromise of where to live, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And so, uh, well, since you used to live in Hoboken, the parking in New Hope must seem like like I, wide open spaces. I, you know, to I you. don't I don't live in towns that where it's easy to park. I <laughs> Jesus just said, Christ, from, from Hoboken to New Hope to Philly, it's just oh. yeah, forget about it. Uh, <laughs> which is quite a quite a progression. Somebody pointed that out to me. It's like you you just don't like to park, do you? Yeah, right. just, My favorite thing is to drive around <laughs> after work. I love to drive for an hour. But I'm I am too old for that kind of crap anymore. Oh. I mean, it's just like it 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 
whatever. It's parking. It's boring. Yeah. But um, anyhow, so yeah, so she, so she got offered a, a, a an adjunct position at Temple while right. we, while we were living in New Hope. We were there. We were in New Hope for about ten years. Great. And uh, so she started working adjuncting at Temple, and she worked at like the the Walnut Street a lot performing. Yeah. And uh, so she was back and forth to Philly a lot. For, the, for you go to a lot of a lot of plays and musicals. She, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that sounds fun. I mean, no, I it, mean, it is. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it, it's it's funny how like like we, it's great. What's good about us? One of the many things is that we we like understand each other's worlds, but didn't necessarily grow up in them. Right. Like she always she always liked folk music, and and like she she knew a lot of the people I liked even before she met me. Okay. Which is, like for someone to say, you know, I'm I'm a big Carrie newcomer fan. Right. You don't meet a. I mean, <laughs> love to Carrie. You know, it's like I was really surprised when I, when this woman said, oh, "I love Carrie newcomer." I was like, you really, know Carrie newcomer? Yeah. I thought I thought I I thought that was my thing. You know, <laughs> and uh, so, but you know, Carrie has grown exponentially since since yes. those days, of course. <laughs> uh, and I and I you know I knew very little about the musical theater world, but it's you know it's all it's the arts, it's performing, it's singing, it's like okay. So, so does she have an in? Can she score you Hamilton tickets? If she could score Hamilton tickets, she she would have seen it already. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the one thing she does want to see. But, yeah, uh, no but, kidding. Uh, but you know it's you know we see a lot, and of course Temple has a, a bunch of great stuff. We, yeah, we saw a, we saw a dance program there the other night. Just. Fantastic stuff. It's like you don't even. Let me ask you this: like, yeah. as the spouse of a of a professor, yes, like, do you get? Uh, are there facilities? Can you go down and work out at the at the Temple Gym? Um, I I have a, a discounted rate at the Temple Gym. They That's don't sweet. they don't they don't let me in for free, but you know there there are the, there are other perks. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> Good. So. Good. All right. Well, um, so you should you should all go to gregcagno.com. Yes. Uh, three G- G's in total, right? G R E G G. Yeah, G R E G G. No, four G's. Four. All told. Cag- All told, no. G R E G G C A G N O. Four G's. Yeah, so four yes. G's. Um, so go to gregcagno.com, and his his website is actually very well laid out. You can uh, go to the bottom if you're just looking for the surfing, uh, for, for the Ocean City Surf Report. <laughs> and we didn't get into talking about how you got into surfing, but now you'll have to come back. Excellent. Um, and, uh, and and you can buy all any and all of his records. He's got a, a, a record at Worth the Wait is the newest one. That's the newest one, yes. Uh, yeah, Worth the Wait. And that has that This Is How the Song Goes song. Yes, we yeah. should, we'll play that at the end. Okay, that's yeah, we're going to take you out with that. that, that that's, it's a very clever song that uh, you, I think you probably opened with uh, at Bourbon and Brand. I did, I did. Yeah. Um, so, and see Greg uh, the 15th of March at Tin Angel, which is, if you don't know, one of the best rooms in Philadelphia in which to see a show. I really love it there. And Barb will probably be doing sound, and Barb is a, is a, is a great sound girl, sound man. That's girl, good person. to know. That's well, good woman. to know. I don't know what you would call it. I'm person. in good hands. That's good to but know. But yeah, Barb is terrific. And, uh, uh, yeah, she, she's, she's very easy. She's very light on the suck knob. <laughs> so so she'll, she'll take good care of you. You can drop my name. Anyway, so Greg Cagno has been our guest. I hope you all had a really good time listening to Rhymes Against Humanity. Um, he is going to take us out with a song. Do it, sir. Do it. All right. I just want to point out that I played three songs in standard tuning. You did. I, I did not expect that. <laughs> 
before we do that, have you played with that uh, Gibson auto tuner thing? I have never. Because you seem like one of the few guys for whom it would, would be a to. thing. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a Guitar Center just to play with it, and it's not for me because I only play in standard tuning, so it doesn't matter. So how do, how does it work with the acoustic though? Uh, it's, it's on the back of an acoustic guitar. You strum. It's got a little, you know, just and and it, and it's got little motors in it. Oh, it's actually spinning the knobs. Yeah. It's, yeah oh, no kidding. Knobs. Yeah, you press a button, oh, it spins the knobs. You might have to press it two or three times. You spin. You strum again. You spin. You strum again. Wow. And and then yeah, and you can put in presets. It's got I think Dad Gad and a couple and Drop D come standard, but then you could put in your own fucked up Greg tunings. Wow. And uh, uh, yeah, so I mean, it it it, I, it seems like real bullshit, with the exception of people like you and Joni Mitchell and I. You know, Joni's yeah. being handed a new guitar every time. You know. So. Well, Joni had one that was run by MIDI. It was right. before that. You know, that was, and I was thinking of that because the thing she was doing, like she. You couldn't do it with an acoustic because it was it was you know manipulating the the, the sound Signal, without without the... changing the tension right you know so if you're playing acoustic you'd still be in standard but you'd be hearing dadgad or whatever yeah it'd really fuck you up but uh, so I didn't even know that existed What's yeah it? you should uh, you Gibson should... makes it and apparently it's coming on all of the Gibson apparently the, the CEO of Gibson is some super douchebag uh, like he, <laughs> he like he owned a hedge fund and he wanted to get into rock and roll so he bought Gibson and oh, I don't, there's all sorts yeah, of stories yeah. I don't know but uh, uh, he's like a super micromanager apparently like on the I read it on Facebook so it's gotta be true that like every employee in Gibson has to run a vacation day by him you know he personally has to sign off on your on your friggin doctor's appointment oh, or something. lovely, I don't know, lovely. So. micromanagement so, uh, but anyway I don't know whether these stories are true or not but, but they're putting them on all guitars which is not a problem for me because I don't play Gibsons but uh, um, but you should go over to Guitar Center and just touch the thing because it's 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 interesting for a guy like you. So <laughs> so uh, next time we talk, uh, uh, I'll ask you whether you've done report that. Report back, absolutely. Yeah. The uh, are they closing all those guitar centers? Is that what yeah? Go today, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I'm crying over that. No, I think that's probably best. Although best a bunch of, of bunch of guys in cover bands now have to get other jobs. True. So. True. Yeah. The truth is, my musician friends who work in, in music stores have always traditionally been very kind to me. They have always uh, given me a discount on my picks and harmonicas. So, so I, I I appreciate that the uh, the uh, local musicians discount and, and and the kindness like from from the actual local from from the from the musicians working behind the counter. I have always had good experiences, you know, for 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 decades. Nice. It's douchebag box stores or douchebag box stores. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Uh, All right, play us a song. Play us a song. I'll take you out. I'm gonna uh, before I forget my. I'm gonna throw one shout Please. out. I just got. I just got a new agent. Mole Street Records. Mole Street Records. Mole Street Artists. Yeah. Thank you. Mole Street. for keeping me working. Yeah. So this is a. This is a song you're not supposed to write because it's about writing a song. But you know what? Fuck it. Four. Start off with a line about love gone bad. Make it specific, don't say the best I've ever had. She leaves in the first verse, oh woe is me. Then take it to the chorus and milk the sympathy. This is the part that repeats over and over. This is the part that repeats so you remember. This is the part that repeats, and it's usually the title. This is the part that repeats. Then you sing about the things you've done since she split. Stuff you used to do together, but now it makes you feel like shit. Then a line about her perfume, maybe one about her cat. 
You all got dirty minds, I didn't mean that This is the part that repeats, makes you wanna sing with me This is the part that repeats, makes you wanna buy a CD This is the part that repeats, and it's usually the title This is the part that repeats two-card bridge in the minor that makes you strain like a whiner and feel so sad and alone and a solo on saxophone you get it <laughs> then you gotta wrap it all up with a third verse in a line of philosophy like a blessing and a curse How you're better off without her and how you wish her well The truth is you still hate her, but that song would never sell This is the part that repeats, makes you want to download me This is the part that repeats, on your iPhone or on your PC This is the part that repeats, or just stream it so you get it free This is the part that repeats We need a woe part want to be uh, considered for a Grammy, of course. Whoa, the part that, whoa, the part that, whoa, the part that repeats. And it ends on a four chord. <laughs> Very nice, Greg. Thank you, brother. That was so much fun. And we are clear.